do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to yet another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number, not really sure, maybe 446. Yes. I don't know. We'll see. Should we do this on Friday? Post yes, on Friday? I think we some? should. Um, why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't, who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is what, my darling? A parent's self-understanding. And who do we steal that from? Dan Siegel. The doctor. The doctor. One of the many doctors that we learn from, but he's one of our faves. Uh, on today's show, we have an interview with Miss, K- Miss, Mrs., or Ms.? That's a great question. Thank you. I don't know. I'm in transition. What am I? I I would say we've talked about this a lot on the show. Those three. You're a Ms. I'm a Ms. Because Ms. is all encompassing. Oh, I like to be all encompassing. Me too. Yeah. It's like it can be professional. It it's it, marriage either way, meaning married or not married. It, it and I also think it demonstrates age. Like a Miss, M-I-S-S? Yeah. Don't, doesn't that feel yeah, young? It does. So I like Miss. Uh, well, Todd, thanks for asking. You're Ms. welcome. Ms. Kara Valentine yes. Yes. from Threads Worldwide. Yes. Welcome. Um, so we're going to have fun with this one. I'm going to let Kathy start, and then we're just going to start just barraging you with all these really hard-to-answer questions. Oh, my gosh. Those are my favorite. <laughs> so Thank buckle you. Yes, up. yes. Whew. So, well, first of all, uh, Kara is a friend of mine. She lives in Colorado. She flew in for this interview, you guys. Yes, that's crazy. She's like this amazing person. I don't person. feel like we're important enough for somebody to fly um, in. I'm but... a total fangirl, you guys. Total <laughs> fangirl. Oh, well, we're Everyone glad. who's listening, I'm in their house right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the basement. I know where they live. That's right. <laughs> she knows the secrets of the studio. Um, so, Kara, so before we dive into threads and what you do how okay I was trying to remember this morning because I've now known you for about two years so or three years because you were at our second conference I believe um but you I remember I got a phone call from you and how why did we connect why do you remember well let me tell you and I didn't even plan to do the shout out but my friend Lindsay Garfield who's my best friend from high school Lindsay yes she yep she told me all about you and that same week someone else randomly brought you up in Colorado and I take that to mean mm, I need to reach out and yes. get connected to these amazing people so I just called you and left you a message yes. and you call me back I did and then I think we talked for like an hour and 15 minutes yeah we were supposed to talk for 15 <laughs> minutes and then all of a sudden chit chat paddywhack exactly kind of like we just did upstairs before yeah. we came downstairs so that's the thing where I was like okay you know obviously we're in the same world Kara <laughs> and I we understand these things like Kara don't you feel like there's certain conversations like the one we had upstairs where you talk about certain things and you can use certain words and people know exactly what you're talking about but if you were to have that in more of a small talk conversation people would be like what are you talking oh, about oh yeah oh that filter that I don't have to have with you that I love so much <laughs> exactly. it's the best like we don't have to say do you know what I mean <laughs> exactly. um, so anyway Kara uh, Valentine is and, and I want to I want to say this first there are with Threads Worldwide there are three of you right three founders okay. you got it yep. she is one of the founders of Threads Worldwide and instead of me explaining it I would like Kara to explain what Threads is. Okay, we'll do. So Threads, we are a social enterprise and we source jewelry and accessories from women in developing countries. We work with women in 15 different countries who make the most beautiful handmade jewelry. And we sell through a direct sales channel here in the US. So women sign up to sell with us and earn commission on everything that they sell. Nice. So how did you even like how did you even come up with this? Like how does someone Sounds come up like with this? Sounds like a big 
deal. It was right? all me. It was all me. I just pulled my best friends along with me. I said, here's this great idea. I'm going to do everything. That's not at all how it happened. Um, so started the company with my two best friends. Um, Angela and I played volleyball together in college. And Lindsay and Angela went to high school together. Where'd you go to college? Uh, Tufts University in Where Boston. Oh, in Boston. Yeah. Okay. And um, Angela and I were going to do this cross-country trip. All of our friends were becoming lawyers and doctors and politicians. And we're like, crap, we better move somewhere cool. So when people say, what are you doing after graduation? We're like, moving to Boulder. Mm -hmm. So we were getting ready to go. And last minute, Angela said, oh, I invited my other friend for this six-week cross-country trip. And I said, well, fingers crossed that I like her. And I did. And that six weeks in a broken down Jeep just really sort of cemented our friendship. And it was funny back then we were even having conversations of how amazing would it be to work together? We could just hang out all the time. It would be the best. And fast forward a lot of years, jobs, uh, we matured a little bit. So we actually wanted to start something that made a difference. And we started traveling around the world and saw extreme poverty and would come back to Colorado and just not be able to sleep at night, mm -hmm. just thinking about how people were living. So um, let's see, a few months later after um, one of our last trips, uh, Angela and Lindsay had traveled to India and really, really got a taste of extreme poverty, came home. I had just had my second daughter who was extremely, extremely premature. Mm -hmm. She was two pounds and um, the doctors essentially told my husband and me that she wasn't going to make it. Mm. And um, because of the resources that we had and a miracle that I'll tell you about quickly, um, I got a phone call from my aunt who's very, uh, she's been studying consciousness since she was a kid. When she was 10 years old, she fell out of a tree and was caught by a force and laid to the ground. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy, I'm speaking your language I now. know. I'm like, come on. <laughs> I know. So anyway, her whole life, she's also like an IT director at Berkeley. She's one of the smartest people I know, but she's been really focused on studying consciousness and trying to understand it. And when Bryn, my daughter was born, my Aunt Jane in San Francisco just felt this serious connection to this little tiny baby who was just bigger than a $1 bill. And she would get together with her friends who um, were very passionate about this as well and send energy and light and be with Bryn. Um, and she called me one day, the day after, it was within two days of the doctors telling us that she, to prepare ourselves. And she said, I have a message for you. Um, about your about Bryn, do you want to hear it? And at that point, I felt so out of control, like there was nothing I could do. And I said, sure. So she said, um, she gets really scared when you leave her. She doesn't know where you're going. So anytime you leave the hospital room, it she she doesn't understand it. So you need to explain to her where you're going. The second thing is uh, you need to talk to her about her future and why she should stay here on Earth. And the third thing was um, she needs to know what to heal right now her body is so stressed, all of her organs are so stressed. So figure out what's the most vital piece to concentrate on and talk to her about that. My sister was visiting at the time and we were in that isolate in her ear, just telling her, you know, baby, when I leave you, you have a two-year-old sister at home, so I'm going to visit her, um, spend the nights with her, I'll be back every single morning to be with you. You need to stay here because your mom and dad love you so much. You have an older sister who's gonna be your best friend forever. Um, your Aunt Melissa's getting married this summer. You need to be a flower girl. You need to stay here. And um, at the time, it was her kidneys that were really um, failing. And so I said, and it's your kidneys, baby girl. Just send all of your light and your love to your kidneys. You can do this. 
And within <clears throat> two days, the doctors came to us and said, we have no idea what happened, but now her kidneys, all those terms I used to know, are nearing the normal range. So she's she's going to be okay kidney-wise. And then it was like, okay, Bryn, now it's your heart. And so we just wow. cycled through all of the different body parts. So anyway, this all makes sense. It comes back to the company. She ended up surviving. And I was so grateful, but also had this guilt of like, why me? Or mm. just this question of, you know... The, there are babies all around her that are not making it. Why, why, why us? So fast forward a couple months. Um, she was in the hospital for about three months. Um, she was at home. She was now, I think, about four and a half pounds on oxygen. I was at home. I had two jobs plus nursing her to health. And um, that's when my best friend came to me. And we were actually flying to my sister's wedding together, Angela and me. And she said, I know what we're supposed to do for our business. Mm. And I said, okay, great. And she said, I know it's the absolute worst time to tell you this. I know it doesn't make sense, but I can't sleep at night. I know this is what we're supposed to do. So she was at a lecture. She had heard someone talking about importing from women in the developing world. And she came up with the bright idea to do that and then sell through a direct sales channel. So empowering women globally while we're empowering women locally and connecting mm. all of them. I got to stop. So I, I, oh. want, I want to hear more about your business, but <sighs> I am blown away by your story about your daughter, mm -hmm. and I don't want to skip over. Sure. I, 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 you know, I understand you want to. There, there is a connection. Uh, yeah, but, 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 yeah, but yeah, I have so it. many questions. Yeah, sure. How, how old was she? How many months was she when she was born? So she was born at 30 weeks, but she came out so underdeveloped that the doctors question whether they got my due date right mm. because she came out um, acting like a 27-weeker is what they were thinking she was. And how small was she? Two pounds. Like a, a dollar bill. Yeah. yeah, like smaller than a doll, like yeah. tiny. T she, you guys, she was, she was this big. What is the statistics for somebody that small being born to survive? It's funny. The, when you look at that weight, the weight wasn't really the issue. It's amazing, modern medicine, yeah. what they can do. But for whatever reasons, her organs weren't responding to what the doctors were doing. Right. And so that was the big fear piece for her. Mm -hmm. And your aunt shows up. She called She, she called. Yep. So she wasn't there. No. She called. She oh. was doing these prayer groups so your from aunt a distance. didn't even was not in the physical proximity no. of Bryn. No. She was getting channeled, exactly. whatever the word is. Channeled, exactly. And she talked to you, and you knew your aunt was kind of in this world, so it probably didn't shock you to hear, to hear her say, this is what you need to do. Exactly. No, it didn't. How were you before your aunt called? Were you in despair? Were you hopeless? Were you, what was going on? Yes, I was in despair and hopeless for a day. And it, it had really just hit me. I was pretty numb up to that point. And the doctors told us about her condition. And I just remember I was down at the cafeteria and I was talking to my husband. And during that time, there was a lot of just sitting and, mm -hmm. you know, self, oops, sorry about that, self-preservation. And I just remember looking at him and saying, do you think she might die? Mm. And he looked at me and he just mm. did this. And I lost it like they lose it in the movies at the cafeteria. Yeah. So it was an interesting, I feel like that was the first time I really let myself feel that possibility. Yeah. It was, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> well, and Holy and here's crap. and my other Todd question is no. no. Well, and I kind of have no, known part I, of this. No, I haven't story. known any of this. This is brand new because we we discuss this because obviously these things about consciousness and and in uh, and connection and energy and you know these are the things that Karen and I talk about. This is what I was saying, you know, upstairs, mm-hmm. but. My question is, is this is what I don't remember. Where were you in your self-awareness consciousness journey when your aunt called you? Like, because I totally, your word, you said this very quickly, but you're like, I was so in despair that I was like, okay. Because sometimes when you're at a, a rock bottom or at just at a place of I, I, a surrender, you'll do anything. So, but were you also like, I'm kind of with my aunt or were you like, I'll just do what yeah, my aunt says? Good question. Yeah, that is really interesting. And it's funny, this... I had barely begun my spiritual journey. At least I wasn't conscious of beginning my spiritual journey at the time, but I think this was a big part that catapulted me on this uh, trajectory. Uh, I I just remember being so grateful because I felt like I had some sort of control. After she told me that, I said, I can do something now. You know, here's this baby I can barely touch. And mm-hmm. it just I just felt like finally... I have some control in the in the yes. matter. So you used a term called isolate. Is that the little yeah? What do you call it? It's like an like an little, incubator. Little yeah, container. like a little incubator. Yep, that keeps the temperature perfect and, and all of her tubes and. So, when she came out, were you able to hold her or no? Not initially. Okay, no. so she goes from being inside of you to being inside the isolate with yep. some doctors yeah. messing with her for a while. Yeah, and it was. Um, when I was finally able to hold her and try to nurse her a little bit, her heart rate would drop so quickly because she's getting taken out of this perfectly controlled isolate, put in the cold air. And then so here I am finally being able to hold my baby and her heart rate is dropping and all the things are beeping. So oh, it was really um, an interesting mental game. So did <laughs> she horrible. end up being a normal nurser? No. So she never did. No, so nope, she, so nope. the window kind of came and it yep. just didn't happen. Yep, it didn't happen. And so that's the thing is sometimes when we tell these stories, like where Kara left off in the story is that um, she, you know, things started to turn around and she was like, okay, your kidneys, now your heart. But really, you know, and sometimes we love to like wrap it up with a bow there and then everything was great. But really there was a million other things that needed to happen definitely yeah i mean the emotional you know the connection with her and what are you going to do when her heart rate drops and how are you going to experience that and when did you know you were out of the woods oh i'd say maybe a a, a few weeks after what happened with my aunt and I, i don't remember exactly when this was but um maybe maybe two weeks after that and they were able to say you know she's Everything is going to be okay now. Mm-hmm. She just needs to grow. Mm-hmm. She just needs to grow into her body. How long was she in the hospital for? About three months. Yikes. I know. Tough three months. It was a t- It was. And you had a two-year-old at home? I had a two-year-old. My goodness. I know. And what is her development? How old is she right now? Seven. And how's her development? She's incredible. Like normal, no challenges? Totally normal. I mean, she's, Other than she's kind of a munchkin, although her height is catching up, but she's, I mean, she's, she's little, but developmentally she is, I'd say way beyond. I, my Angela, my, my business partner, when Bryn was in the little isolate, when she first saw her, she looked at her and she said, I think she might be the Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> and that's sort of who she's been to us. She's just been kind of wise beyond her years. And what is her connection with your aunt now or 
or was it just kind of like a window and they had this conversation telepathically? At, like, do they have like a deep understanding of one another or, or not necessarily? Yeah, I, I'd say my, that's a good question. I should check back. I'm going to see my aunt in a few weeks here um, to see how she feels about it. I know that she feels an intense connection, mm-hmm. but Bryn, yeah. and know, she, she sees her once every couple of years. Right. So. Got it. And when you're talking to her through the isolate, mm-hmm. um, are you like... I don't know. We, we, did you feel weird that, or did it like, there's no weirdness, man. I'm doing whatever I can. That's B, option B. Yeah. Yeah. I was just. Did I, your husband jump on board with this kind of Eastern, whatever the word is, uh, universal idea? You know, it's not like, you know, you're still going with the doctor's recommendations and doing everything, but you were also brought this other element element to her yeah and was your husband as on board as you were because i know if i were in that position i'd be like okay whatever i'll do it but i don't know if my intention would have been there yeah i i'd say he's more he's more like me yeah okay yeah and it's funny because so much has happened since then to now through this spiritual journey and everything but he's very pragmatic Mm -hmm. and he's a realist and he i can't I lost count of um, the number of times he said, wow, what a coincidence. Wow. What <laughs> Kathy a coincidence. brings up stories to me all the time. And I don't say it's a coincidence anymore because I know that that's not what you want to hear. But numbers, like the sunflower, tell the sunflower story. Oh, this is crazy. Okay. So I was listening to a, a psychic this week. Of course, <laughs> I was listening to a psychic this weekend and she was talking about how um, when people pass over, um, that you need to be very clear about what are the signs you want to see? Because a lot of times we're kind of like, is that a sign? Is that a sign? And she's like, really be clear about what you want to see. And, and then you will experience that, um, in its own time. Obviously you can't make those things happen. And I re and, and why I brought it up is because with my dad, I feel like I was seeing a lot of deer <laughs> and I was like, is it a deer? And I'm like, it's a deer. I'm going to decide. Passed away last year. My yep. dad passed away last year. So I'm like, deer is the thing with my dad. And then I thought about my grandparents. I used to leave coins for them in their house. And I was like, with my grandparents, it'll be coins. And, and then I was like, okay. And then I had this moment where I heard Todd, Todd's mom passed away a few years ago and I heard her voice in my head and she's like, she actually said the sentence what am I, chop liver? Mm-hmm. What about me? Yeah. And I said, Todd, did she used to say chop liver? I don't and remember that. I think that. she did. We got to ask my sister, I don't but know. I'm pretty sure she did. Well, it was funny. It made me laugh. And I was like, oh, yes. Like, what? what is it? And at first, I, uh, you know, and again, when I'm saying I said to her, you know what I mean. I'm just talking in my yeah. body. I'm yeah. not really saying this out loud. But I was like a cardinal. And then she started laughing because Todd's mom is petrified of birds mm-hmm. or was petrified of birds. And so she's like, no. Like, mm-hmm. she's just a funny person. Yeah. So this is like her. And then I was like, you know what? And and I was like flowers because she loved flowers. And at first I thought tulips or felt tulips. And, and it's too simple because everybody knows Sharon was tulips. And I was like, okay. And I don't know if she did it or I did it, but I was like sunflowers. But then I was kind of bummed because I'm like, you don't really see sunflowers that much. So maybe I just set myself up to kind of fail. But so Todd came out and we were sitting on the deck and I told him this story and he's lovely because he he's like, okay. Um <laughs> And I'm telling him the story and I'm like, you know, so sunflowers is your mom's thing. So we'll just, you know, keep an eye out. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And I'll okay, say, that's what we're doing. That's okay. what we're doing now. Okay. We're doing now. Sunflower right. check. <laughs> so I walk into the kitchen in my aunt's house and I, I'm, I wouldn't, I would normally swear here, but since we we're on the air and I was like, oh my God, Ton, oh my God. And my, my aunt, and again, 
I know this is going to sound like, well, you knew they were there. I didn't. My aunt has this whole huge stand-up vase of sunflowers in the kitchen. And then, Kara, that was just the beginning. Then we went outside, and there was like a a sunflower, um, you know, like one of those things you can put in the yard. Mm -hmm. And then we went downtown, and there were sunflowers growing out of the the brick. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, she's ever... and I've always known your mom's everywhere because I can smell her in our house all the time. Mm-hmm. Or not all the time, some yeah. of the time. I'll be like, do you smell that? And he's like, no. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was just a re- like that's, yeah. you know, it, it's just amazing and beautiful. Why did we bring that up? Coincidences. Coincidences. And, 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 and how the Todd's pra- like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because it's, I, I don't want to. I don't want to fake it. And I do believe that there's things that I can't explain. Right. I totally do. But I just don't get it at the depth that Kathy does, you know? And my guess is your husband's was the same way. Yeah, absolutely. So, so amazing story, right? And so that's, I mean, people are so like, I knew where you're coming on and all that. And just people are interesting. Everybody's got an interesting story. And this (laughs) is a humdinger. I know. Like, I cannot believe that. And as Kara just said, we're talking like she's not here. Let's just you and I. I know. I'm looking back and forth. I wish there was a video. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) You're like, they're talking about me about this. But it's like, that's just the beginning of her story. Yeah. Like there's so many and, right. and it goes on and we were just saying upstairs, I don't know if you heard me say this, but she was saying, you know, things just go on and on. There's all these layers. And I was saying how I, we were watching Steel Magnolias the other night and mm-hmm. I started crying and mm-hmm. I was like, it never ends. No. And you're like, no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. So let's go back to threads. Okay. So let's go back to where Todd said, hold on. All right. And your friend said, I've got an idea. Yep. I know you're not ready for it maybe, yep. but I got an idea. We're sitting on the airplane. We're driving to Boston or flying to Boston. She says, I have the idea. And I said, all right. And she says, okay, we're going to import. At the time, we were going to import clothes, actually, from women in developing countries, and we're going to sell through a direct sales channel through the U.S. And I looked at her, and I said, oh, that's perfect because we have no international development experience. (laughs) We have no sales experience. We don't wear jewelry. We're volleyball players. I mean, this is foolproof. (laughs) Hello. And she said, I know it doesn't make sense, but I just know this is it. And then I made the realization, okay, here I was given this incredible gift because I have the best doctors in the world. I have resources plus a miracle. My daughter survives. Mm -hmm. And here I have the opportunity to pour myself into work that potentially creates that opportunity for women across the globe to meet the needs of their kids. Um, and so as soon as I made that realization before the wheels touched down in Boston, I was like, all right, we're doing this thing. We're mm-hmm. in. We're in. So what's the first step? Like you said, you there was because this is really one of the best parts, Kara, that I'm so excited for people to hear because I work with women, I talk with women, and they'll be like, I have this dream and I'd really love to do this, but I don't have the experience or I don't know the right people. Or And you obviously were stepping into something that you weren't an expert in this area. No, I was the opposite of that. Uh, we knew nothing. What did we do? I knew how to do um, trade names and trademarks. So the first thing was we were playing with a logo and we figured out the name and then I trademarked that. And what is explain Threads Worldwide. Well, it's interesting because we were going to do clothing first. And so we thought Threads Worldwide, that's perfect. Clothing, Threads, la la la. And then we said we didn't really want to deal with everything that clothing entails with all the returns mm-hmm. and having to manage all that. So we thought jewelry and accessories. Okay. And then we decided what threads means is, you know, threading communities mm. around the world. Yeah. And so that's what we went with. It works. And I, I use that word a lot um, when I'm talking. I, we were just in the car yesterday driving home from Galena and I was talking about how 
the the stories I love are when things get threaded together. Yeah. Like when, when our stories like connect or when it's like I've had this experience and I use that word a lot. So I love that word. Yeah. It's and so they meaningful. connect serendipitously, yes. not by design, yes. not by strategy. Yep. Yeah. Just, they, we're all threaded together. Yeah. So, so, okay. So you got the logo, you got the design yep. and then what? And then we just, we really started talking to people in the area, people that were into fair trade, people that were sourcing product, people that were really great at direct sales. And we just really, we just started talking to everyone we know. What does fair trade mean? So there are a lot of tenants for fair trade and it kind of depends on who you're going with the world fair trade organization or the fair trade federation is the federation that is the umbrella um, organization here in the U S um, the most important things, one of them I think has 10 tenets you have to follow. The other one has 11. The biggest thing is um, that people are paid fair and livable wages, and that varies depending on where we're talking in the world, um, that they work in healthy working conditions, and that there's no child labor. Those mm-hmm. are the the top three. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way that we do it, which is definitely challenging for a business, is we go and anytime we place an order uh, with our artisan partners, we pay 50% upfront. So they have the money to get the materials that they need. Uh, and then we pay 50% upon delivery. So here in the US, <clears throat> the biggest question we get all the time is how much goes back to the artisans, because mm-hmm. we're just used to that business model of donating a percentage afterwards, which really leaves the artisans at risk when you think about it, because if you don't sell it, then they don't get paid. So that's not our business model. Our focus is really uh, increasing the demand for these products so that we can go back and order more. You know, now we we order 100 bracelets. Next time we'll order 200. Next time we'll order 300 so that they can grow their sales team there and, and bring sisters and neighbors mm-hmm. into the operation um, so that we're both kind of growing together sustainably. How many different artisans do you have? So we work with groups in 15 different countries. Okay. Some have multiple okay. um, artisan cooperatives, and it really varies depending on what we're talking about. Some of our cooperatives are bigger and really well-established. Some are, you know, we had a product that we carried that was made by the most incredible 80-year-old woman. Mm. Uh, so it really varies depending on... And have you met them? Have you... Have you some of them. Some yeah. of them? Yeah. So we By do, going over there? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so we... Um, so like I said, we, we sell through women across the U.S. and we do incentive trips every year mm-hmm. so that women who sell a certain amount, um, we all go travel together to visit our no artisan partners. Oh, wow. So... Guatemala, it's been interesting because my partners have done most of the travel since I had little kids. Now my kids are older and they're having mm. little kids, so now I get to do the traveling. But um, I've been to Guatemala a few different times. My partners just got back from, or didn't just get back months ago, from Ecuador was our incentive trip. And this year is Bali. Mm. Ooh, Bali. Yeah. So, so you know, I was going to ask the same question if you know these women, but why, like, I mean, I know why women, but it, it's funny. I was reading your site and your website, um, which is threadsworldwide.com, by you the way. You got it. Um, we'll say that a few times. But y- what happens when women are empowered to work? What changes? 
That's a great question. So women, that this is the whole reason, um, and and we say this: we're not a jewelry company. We're not a we're we're trying to create the biggest impact we possibly can in the world while we're alive here. And women reinvest ninety percent of their um, income back into their families and into their communities versus uh, men. Men different than Todd, obviously, but uh, <laughs> they reinvest fifth between fifty and sixty percent. So we feel like the real. So say that statistic again. Sure. When women women invest how much? Reinvest ninety percent. Ninety percent. Yeah. Back into their community, their family, yep. their and um, and again, it's not about saying, but it, that's really significant. Yeah. yeah. So when we talk about women around the world not being educated. You know, that's obviously one of our big things, too, is making sure women have access to education or women who are unable to work or told they can't work or are forced to have child after Mm -hmm. child after child. And when I say forced, meaning because of lack of birth control or whatever, Mm -hmm. lack of choice, um, that hurts the whole community. That's right. Yeah, that is right. And it's been just incredible. I'll talk about Guatemala specifically because I've been there three times to visit our um, cooperatives and just the change that's made in these communities since I've been there in the last, I think the first time I went was five years ago. Now, this artisan cooperative was started, um, eight, I think, eight or eight ish years ago. And the woman who started it is one of my idols. She's a hero. And um, she's Guatemalan and grew up through all of the wars and saw all of the horrible things happening. And um, started a cooperative. I mean, her story is way bigger than what I'm boiling it down to, but she knew that the answer was women. And she would go to this little remote village and talk to the women there about their dreams. That's how she started. And they looked at her like she had 35 heads, like dreams. We don't deserve Mm -hmm. to have dreams. You know, we're born, we go, we get the food and then we get married at age 13 or 14. We move in with our in-laws. We're cooking, rarely leaving the house, no community, no access to income, none of that. No thought of education, like never, it wasn't even a dream. But Maria just kept going back and working with the women and working with them. And so finally it took a couple brave women to step out and say, okay, I want to, I want to try to earn this income. I, I want, I mean, we've talked to, to them and they all just want their kids to go to school. That's all that, that's all they want. And so once they started to believe that that was a possibility that gave them the courage to show up, even though that meant being beaten a lot of the time from, it's just not the culture. Um, and so being beaten by their husbands or their in-laws, but then women, they just kept showing up. Yeah. They just kept showing up, and then all of a sudden they're bringing money home, and their families are seeing what that money can do, and now all of a sudden we go visit, and the husbands are like carting off jewelry. They're part of the operation. Mm -hmm. and so They're employees. Exactly. (laughs) They're just being bossed around. Um, But just to see that, that significant change that's happened over, you know, a handful of years, just we really... I really believe that it's possible in our lifetime to end systemic global suffering. Mm-hmm. Like I, I live for it. That's what I'm here. I, I want to be part of that team that ushers that in and to see what's possible. Like I said, in a handful of years in these tiny remote villages, it just gives me so much hope. Mm. Because, and that's the thing that people are always looking for or asking about is people, they'll say, it's just so big, there's nothing we can do. And because you're at the ground level, 
of course there's something we can do. And we were just talking about on the show we taped yesterday that everything is grassroots. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts in, you know, this village and then it moves to this village or it starts in this family, moves to this family because, you know, that that situation that you just talked about, the woman who is willing to step forward, be hurt in the process, really struggle through, but then start to change minds, well, then her daughters are going to see things totally differently. Mm-hmm. And the thing. father is going to treat the daughter. I mean, it's just this ripple effect. Oh my gosh. I know I have the chills every time we talk about that because yeah, we, we look at the, we focus on the specific families and measure impact that way. But how do you measure the impact? My partner, my business partner actually wrote the most beautiful scenario around this exact idea. And she's just talking about how the mom started and how she went and she was so nervous, but she was going to do it for her kid. And then she kept showing up and showing up. Then the husband's on board and now the daughter's going to school and she's nervous putting on her little school (laughs) uniform and she's walking down. And then the neighbor is looking out the window and seeing that possibility for their kids Mm. and just what's possible when that ripples out in the world. It's just, that's what it's all about. Exactly. And that's, and then it, it takes on a life of its own where, and that's, you know, Obviously, we here in you know our Western society, we have the opportunity to do that all the time. That's what I talk to my girls about a lot is that things, it's not about that we don't have hardships or we don't have pain or we don't have struggle. We do. No matter where you live, you do. But what we do have is opportunity. Mm-hmm. We don't really, you know, we do have the opportunity to ask for help and to get resources. And as women here, even though we're confronting some things right now, again, um, yet again, um, we really can make changes. Mm-hmm. And so th- these women are just great role models for us. They're they're absolutely incredible. And and that's what we say too, is the, these are the women that are on the front line. We're not doing these women any, any favors. Like we, this is our absolute privilege to be able to stand with them arm in arm and and show up in our own lives and be brave and and show up with courage it's just doesn't get more inspiring than these women it doesn't and you know i want to just you know talking about threads for a second what you guys have to offer um threads has been a part of our last two conferences so for those of you who have come to the conference and you know the jewelry people as you guys always refer to them probably met kara you probably did and you probably brought bought her jewelry because everyone's like are the jewelry people coming back yes thank you thank you and i um you know threads is amazing what they have is beautiful what they have is unique um well and it's like um I'm just kind of like piecing together my perception of the, you know, you and your girlfriends and the entire company. And really, jewelry is really the vehicle, but it really has nothing to do with jewelry. It's exactly right. And I love that you said vehicle. Right. Because we say that, God, Todd, you're something else. You are something else. <laughs> well, and I know we say it's also an invitation. It's an invitation to be part of a bigger conversation to make a difference through your purchase. Well, and I, I obviously want you to be successful because I believe in what it is you're doing, but... I think you have like this inherent advantage in what it is. Kind of like what Kathy and I, Kathy and I believe in Zen Parenting Radio. We would do it for free, even if... We basically do. Yeah, we basically <laughs> kind of do anyways. Um, but it, but there's an alignment between purpose. At, you know, like most people out there listening, I'll talk about the guys. Some guys are out there living their purpose, but it's few of, it's few of them. I have a nine to five job. It's not my purpose. It's a vehicle to put food on the table. And I'm sure you work really hard and there's days when it sucks. 
But at this, at the end of the day, what you're doing is in alignment with who you are, right? Exactly. And the greater good. Yes. And the greater good. Yes. And you know, you talk about like, you know, how do you how do you sift through life in a in a good way? This is one of those ways. Yeah. And you guys have created this without really even knowing what you were doing at the beginning, I'm guessing. Yeah, no, still, really. Right. I mean, most days we don't know right. what we're, I mean, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. You're stumbling your way through it, yep. you make mistakes, and then you improve on those mistakes, exactly. and you improve on those experiences. So, I don't know, I think it's it's pretty pretty cool thing that you got cooking here. So. Thank you. Well, and, you know, other people, obviously people can become, they can buy the jewelry, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a way that they can play a role in making you successful. But can't women join too? And like, tell us like how sure. women, if they were like, I really want to get involved in a bigger way, what can they do? Yes. Great question. So we sell through uh, what we call fair trade partners. So those are women who here in the U.S. who sign up to sell the jewelry and earn uh, between 20 and 30% commission on everything that they sell. They have the opportunity to build a team if it's something that they're interested in doing, if they want to mentor and lead. And we sell through what we call the artisan showcase. So it's basically people opening their homes um, to their friends and family and networks. Uh, We as Threads come in, one of our fair trade partners will come in, show all the jewelry, share the stories of the artisans, talk about our overarching mission and give people the opportunity to buy, to host themselves or to join. And one thing I want to say, it's been, you know, when we started the company, it was really all about the artisans. That's what we were focused on. And we thought, all right, direct sales, that'll be great because why not empower women here and also like connect women at that level? That'd be really powerful. What we didn't realize or think about was the transformation that would happen in the lives of the women who joined the Threads team. Mm -hmm. I, I'll get teary again, but just some of the changes that have been made in the lives of women here, you know, we have women who have completely overcome depression, people who have left really unfulfilling jobs, people who have left um, uh, relationships that were not in service to them. And they were able to do that because they're now working in a way where they're feeling lit up and alive and fulfilled and they're surrounded by this community of women who have their back. So that's what we're about at Threads is um, being a part of the bigger picture, being there for one another, supporting each other through everything. Uh, So if that sounds interesting to you, please contact me. So for those, you know, who want to live on purpose, because that's basically, you know, like you said, being lit from within. And so many women want that but maybe they don't have the time, resources, partners like you did to develop it themselves. And so here's an opportunity that's already like created for you. Yeah. You guys don't do it yourselves. It's so hard. <laughs> we can do hard things, but you may as well just step into it and right. do it with us. Right. Um, yeah. And you never know what direction it'll take you. Oh, never know. Never, never, never. Because you you jump in just to learn about it or, like you said, build the community, you know, that, that's already there for you or to help women, you know, overseas, you know, globally. And then all of a sudden you don't know what it'll become. It's exactly right. And that's what we, we say, too, you know. So they're, they're joining, they're learning um, – they're again. They're lit up. They're feeling more alive. We. They're part of this community that's really focused on 
we, we, one of our family values is honor yourselves to honor the world. So we're constantly talking about taking care of ourselves and, you know, everything that you learn through running this business will ripple out into your own life. You know, conversations about being courageous and asking for what you want and being okay if people saying no and being able to continue to pause and recalibrate and recommit to what you're here to do. You know, those are all the conversations that we're having. So, uh, you know, the women that join the team are now becoming sort of community leaders in their areas as well. Wow. Wow. It's amazing. I mean, it is. And, you know, that's the thing is like, what's next for you? Yeah. Like, what's the deal? Like, what do you, (laughs) is it all about growing (laughs) this company? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, being a good mom, all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is right now is um, it's been so fun. So in startup land, as you know, you do everything, Mm -hmm. even the things that you don't necessarily like, but that you kind of know how to do or you figure out how you know how to do it. And I'm at a really interesting point right now. It's funny. You're like, now what? I just got super nervous (laughs) because I don't know how to answer it. But now we have the most incredible staff that's taking care of all of that. And so now... I'm stepping into what I know I'm supposed to be doing, which is building community, mm-hmm. building the team, being out and about talking about threads. But I'm scared because I don't exactly know how to do it. So I'm sort of in that transition phase of, mm-hmm. okay, now I get to really, like this is what I was born to do. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that comes with that. You when know, well, you step you're into learning it. again. Learning, right. a lot of fear. A lot of, a lot fear. of fear. A lot of, a lot of that stuff, but I'm sort of in that phase right now. So it's super exciting. And, but this is the part that you probably, you know, when you're starting a business, it's like, like you said, you're like, okay, let's do the trademark and let's do the logo, but really what you want to do or really what your strengths are, what you're doing now. Uh, yes. Crossing my fingers. <laughs> well, and you know, and here's the thing: the conversation that Kara and I were just having about acceptance, and you know, going back to it never ends. Is just because we're doing what we're meant to do. Again, it's kind of like the story of Bryn. Sometimes we're like, we love to wrap it up with a bow at the end and be like, and then we lived happily yeah. ever after. Sailed off in the sunset. And we never were challenged again. And the truth is, is that when we launch into something we love, you're probably, there are many obstacles because you love it. Yes. Do you see, if we launch into something we don't care about, then obstacles are just like, eh, you know, yeah. we're, we're not willing to really see it through. But like now you, you're like this, I care about. So I'm going to have to mull through this internally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I swear it's like once. Yeah. I don't know. The, the voices, the self-doubt voices get very loud when you're, when you believe so strongly in something and you're so passionate about it and it's so important to you. Yeah. What's, what's your greatest fear with this? Can you narrow it down? Like, or can you give the global, like what, when you're like, I'm so afraid, is it that I won't be able to, to rise to it, that it won't grow the way I envision it? Like what is, cause I want to give, I want to give voice to the greatest fear, but also I want to then do the affirmation yeah. that it's going to oh, work. Gosh, good question. And maybe I haven't sat long enough in that question, but I think it boils down to for me is I feel so strongly that this, this is my life purpose. And what if I, I'm not able to rise to it? Yeah. I think that's yeah. what it is. And then let's say now, tell me what the, you don't have to give the mission as it's written on the website, but what is Threads going to do? We're going to model a new paradigm of leadership, of business that is shifting away from the patriarchy and is founded in 
collaboration and heart and everyone rising together. So we'll have our successful business and people will be able to look to us as a model Mm -hmm. of how to move forward. And I feel like if that's how everyone was doing business, we would not be in the state that we're in, in the world right now. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, even some of the big companies like whatever Whole Foods or LinkedIn, some of those CEOs, like they're huge into social I don't know what the word is. Remember that guy from LinkedIn, Oprah interviewed? I don't know if he's... Uh, yeah. I remember Wiener, Jeff yeah, Wiener. The guy's name was Wiener, but yeah. the dude was awesome. Yeah. And Well, he, he was about collaborating and he was about supporting and he was about if someone's not doing a good job, talk to him about mm. this may not be the right job for you. But it's also like about social consciousness mm-hmm. and like giving your employees a day off for no other reason than to go uh, give to your community mm-hmm. through volunteering. And they get paid that day. Like it's and stuff like that. Things the, like, you know, when a baby is born, mm-hmm. give the mom and the dad yeah. time to, you know, attach to this baby and, and reconnect to a new life. And and again, we're so we're so we live in such a fear driven place. Yeah. Well, and just like the model of companies right now, I feel like we're going through a little bit of a transition. You know, think of like Wall Street, the movie, uh, Gordon Gecko, greed is good, greed is right, greed works. Like that's what he said in the mid 80s or whenever that came out. And you didn't have these CEOs from LinkedIn talking about social consciousness and activism. And, and your, you know, comparatively speaking, small company is living that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talk about modeling something like that's what you're doing. And there's maybe somebody's out there listening, thinking about starting their own company, but they don't know what to do or how to do it. It's funny. One of the books that I... Uh, I, I coach guys a lot and sometimes they're stuck because they're 45. They're like, oh my God, is this what my life is? And this is really what I'm going to do for a vocation or living. And I always refer to the El Luna book. Yeah, the El Luna. She was at Emerging Women. Yep. Crossroad yep. between yep. should and must. Yeah. And um, it's it's about that. And I feel like, you know, they're, you know, I'm kind of projecting what I think you're experiencing, but I feel like, you, you must do this because it feels right mm-hmm. and you're not doing it to make a million bucks. Maybe you will along the way, but that's not why you're doing it. Would that be fair to describe? Yeah, that's not why I'm doing it. I would like to make a million bucks though, <laughs> sure. at least, at yeah. least. Let's put I want it out all there. of our salespeople to as well because yeah. I, we talk about money a lot as yeah. um, I think women inherently are uncomfortable with the conversation. So that's a lot of the education we do too where people are like, I'm not in it for the money. And it's like, yes, but what's possible when you do make a lot of money? Mm. What kind of difference and what kind of impact can you make? Right. And let's go back to what Kara just taught us. 90% of that money goes back. And again, I know I'm talking about your artisans, yeah. but it goes back into the community and the families. Mm. So if you can look at it this way, and this is a conversation between Todd and I, because I do struggle with, because I really would, we, I'm like, let's, you know, we don't need to make money on the conference. We don't need to make money on this show. We don't. And because I'm going to do it no matter what. Mm-hmm. So, and Todd is very much like, but what could we do? If we did make money. Yeah. Exactly. And, and this is a ongoing conversation yeah. because I am recalibrating. There's many things in me, because mm-hmm. you said women struggle with this more, that if it, it's like it's starting to make that connect between doing something good for the world and making money mm-hmm. rather than those being two different paths. Yeah, right. Absolutely. 
And I, I hope you continue to challenge yourself to shift your mindset because I know how many women look up to you. Oh, that's nice. And I want women to be making a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so that's the bigger message is thank you for saying that, that sometimes we have to live what we want other women to like, I don't just get to say, oh, you guys do it, but exactly. I won't. Yeah. Exactly. Walk, exactly. walk, walk, the talk. Walk the Todd's going to smile really big because he's like, oh, good. Yeah. Now we can go market. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Kathy likes whisper marketing campaigns. All of a sudden, they quadruple their conference ticket <laughs> yeah, price. Sorry, right. guys. Sorry, guys. I take it back. Um, so, and we can have a whole other conversation about marketing and stuff like that, but I don't think that's why we brought Kara on. So, a few things. Threadsworldwide.com. Um, and Kara, if, okay, if women either want to become involved in Threads or they're looking at you as a model for themselves, how do they reach you? So you can, yep, check out our website, threadsworldwide.com. If you want to get involved, you can just sign up right on the website. Nice. Uh, if you have any questions or if I can mentor you in any way, you can email me at Kara, K-A-R-A, at threadsworldwide.com. Um, is there any questions uh, that you wish we would have asked or is there anything that you had intention to share that you haven't had an opportunity to share? Oh, that's a great question. And... I don't think so. Just if, you, if you're listening and, and this is piquing your interest at all, please, please contact us. Um, you'll be so grateful you did to be part of the community that has been built around us. It's, it's a gift and we're here to make a huge impact and we would love for you to join us in that. And you don't need to be in Boulder. No, like you can be anywhere. You can be anywhere. Be anywhere in the U.S. Anywhere in the U.S. Although... We might have to move to Canada soon because Canadians love Threads Worldwide. Really? I'll tell you, I we have a lot of Canadian listeners. Oh, Canadians. My people. Kara's <laughs> waving to you through the <laughs> microphone. I do. I wave a lot. Okay. Um, yeah, so you can be anywhere in the U.S. And yeah, just contact us. Speaking of making money, we do have one sponsor for this podcast. Okay. Um, Jeremy Kraft from Avid Company. He does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Give him a call at 630-956-1800, avidco.net, and he is a bald-headed freaking beauty. (laughs) He is. He's good. And I need to get him over here because I think we have to hire somebody to put on uh, guards on our gutters because they're clogged. I know. I watch the rain spill over them. I know. So we got to get Jeremy on that because I don't like doing stuff. You do? You, You do like doing stuff. You're busy all the time. Yeah, it's just not that stuff. Like, Jeremy, just freaking take care of it. <laughs> like, I put up the ballet bar yesterday. Yes, good job. I felt very proud of myself. I know, oh, that's good. I know. We have yeah. a ballet bar in our house. I didn't know that I would have a house that had a ballet bar in it, but now I do. Yes, and it, you did a great job. <laughs> I didn't do a good job on the cleanup, though. No, you didn't. The drill and the screwdriver and the dust and is, the dust is still, still there. there. I know, I've, I said... But that's you. your fault because you wanted to podcast last night. That's all my fault. Yes. That's right. It's called passing the buck. Right, I was going to say, it has, <laughs> really has nothing to do with me. Um, but yes, but thank you. I'm so glad you put that up. I'm excited about it. So, so you guys, I want to finish by saying this. So Todd and I talk a lot on this show about how there are people out there doing things because I think when we're inundated with the news and when we're seeing what's on the front page of the Washington Post or the New York Times or the Tribune or the Wall Street Journal, we're like, oh, nothing, you know, we're going in the wrong direction or there's so much pain. And, and it's never to disregard those things. I think we need information about what's going on in the world. But at the very same time, at the very same time, there are these amazing things happening where people, women, 
I'm going to say women, women, women helping women, women helping women are rising up and creating these amazing things and helping and supporting. And it's not, again, it's not about the jewelry. It's about the growing of community and the awareness and changing cultures. And you guys have the opportunity to do this in your own passion, you know, whatever your passion is, um, or to get in touch with Kara at threadsworldwide.com and to, uh, you know, participate with them. Because again, as she said, it's not just the work you'll be doing, but the community you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Women need oh, community. I was about to say want, but it's yeah. more. Yeah. And I know men need community too, Todd. But, but we're not talking about the men. That's right what now. I was going to say is that this is a, this is. And a, if there's a dude out there that says, well, how come you're not helping the third world country uh, men out there? And I'd say, dude, if you really want to do that, then you start a company. There you go. Yes. You know, I get frustrated because <laughs> I am, uh, I am also part of this problem. Case in point, we sold a book at the conference last year called Rebel Girls, right? Correct. And it's a bunch of stories about these amazing women. And we talked about this in the podcast, but like, they should do this for men. They should have a story. They should have this really amazing bound book with a bunch of amazing men who do things for the greater good of human beings and all that. And you said... That's every book. Pick up, pick up <laughs> any freaking history book, and it's dominated just by. The I'm like, let's stories. just allow this to be what yeah. it is, mm-hmm. because we, when women are doing something or when they're leaders, we're the oftentimes not always, but the first question is, you know, well, where is this for men, or how do men get involved? They could. I mean, if men wanted to participate in some way, they could get in yeah, touch with Kara for sure. Sure, but it's okay if we lead. Yeah, it's not okay. It's necessary. Absolutely. It's a necessity because if we just wait for the guys to make changes, it, it'll, it'll take a little bit longer. I know. So Kara, you are doing heroic. I I know you're going to be like, I would do this no matter what, but it is heroic work. And thank you for doing the work you do. Oh, well, thank you for having me, both of you. Her name is Kara Valentine. She is one of three owners of Threads Worldwide. Yeah, say say your other owner's names so we can... Lindsay Murphy and Angela Melfi. So Lindsay and Angela. Yes, Angela and Lindsay. All right, you guys are just as awesome. Maybe we'll meet someday. Yes. All right, (laughs) guys, take care. Keep trucking. Thanks for listening, everyone. We appreciate you. Remember, you can subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's a $25 monthly subscription where you'll get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask Kathy and I questions live. If you can't join us live, you can still access all Zen Talks through the Team Zen Podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen Talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page, we have a book club, and get discounts on everything that we have to offer. Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books. Guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? I have good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, or FaceTime. You choose. First session is free. And if you're in Chicagoland, contact me about the tribe. It's a men's group, and it's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by going through the Amazon link under Support Us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you a thing, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Finally, I want to give special thanks to our two foundation partners, the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thank you for your love and support and keep on trucking.